Hello, I'm Howard Hawking and welcome to the 9320 Podcast Friday show, uh, where we'll be previewing the Chelsea match and looking at anything that's taken our fancy, looking back over the past week, uh, City and football in general. Uh, I'm delighted to be joined by Lloyd. How are you doing, Lloyd? Yeah, good, thanks, Howard. And the one and only Sam Lee, after a small break. <laughs> you all right, Sam? Yeah, it has been a small break, hasn't it? But yeah, I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me yeah. on again. And yeah, oh, everything's no going problem. well. Well, everything, uh, everything's going well generally, really, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see after the weekend, won't we? Mm. Uh, right, I've got an opening question for you first, though. Uh, away from before, we'll look at the weekend action later. Do results this week suggest English clubs are about to have an upswing in the Champions League? Uh, I'll start with you, Lloyd. Cause I think it's, I think the first round of fixtures as well. Pretty much everyone won, didn't they? Well, if we ignore Liverpool, but... apart from Liverpool, <laughs> yeah. same again. Um, yeah, no, do I, th- I do, I do think they are about to have an upswing. I mean, to be honest, it's only really. I've I've always thought it's only really a matter of time, given the spending power, um, and the kind of relative, yeah, the relative power of the Premier League teams, <laughs> that eventually, um, it's it's gonna you know it's gonna click, and I think Chelsea last night particularly that was a. Very, very impressive performance. Um, and as we said on the cup, a pod a couple of weeks ago, they're, I think they're the one for me that, um, obviously, apart from City, are probably the most dangerous just because they've got that balance of, I mean, last night playing 3-5 and then Hazard behind um, Morata. Normally, that that would be so defensive, but given how good Morata and Hazard are, it just, just seemed to work. And then, you know, United as well, um, they've, they've got an easy group, to be fair, but They've, you know, they've started really well. Steamrolled CSK last night. Um, so yeah, and I, f- I think, I think all all will get through, and then, really, always like with the Champions League, it's, it's depends a little bit on the luck of the draw. Yeah, it does. Especially if there's five through, it could be a very interesting draw, couldn't it? So, uh, Sam, what do you think? Is it are we seeing a change here, or is it just one of those things? Yeah, um, do, do we not? Are we reading too much into it? Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? But as Lloyd says, the teams the teams are starting to look good now, and I think I think domestically the top sides are probably stronger than they have been for a couple of years. Obviously, when Leicester and Chelsea won it last year, there wasn't a great deal of opposition, you know, from from City or or United. Certainly not from Arsenal, and and not from Arsenal this time round, but. At least City and United do look stronger this time. Chelsea, despite that opening game at Burnley, they look like they're strong as well. So, yeah, I think as Lloyd says, it's kind of inevitable that with that kind of level of investment, it's not always a guarantee, but at some point you're going to end up with strong sides and sides who can do it in Europe. So we'll have to see in the latter rounds. But I think what the difference is as well is that there's not a clutch of European teams that are are really good now. Headed into the competition, Real Madrid were yeah. clear favourites, and it's obvious why. But you know, Barca had had a bit of a dip. Obviously, the Neymar things affected them, and you know, just other years of questionable purchases. Um, and Bayern Munich, I think a lot of people said beforehand, you know, they're, they're not quite the same. And I think everyone's going to be saying that, particularly after last night. Um, Raphael Honigstein, who knows how the landscape works. He was saying, look, they've got another month coming up now of just former players and board members criticising 
the manager and the players and it's it's gonna it's gonna get difficult for them. So the kind of teams you'd expect English teams to get outclassed by, and you'd still expect them to find it difficult to beat Barca, but they've kind of dropped in level now. And yeah, Chelsea's performance was really good last night, but again, Atletico Madrid losing at home, whether they're gonna have something with their new stadium, which most teams seem to have when they move. The kind of ground you'd expect English teams to go to and struggle at, maybe they'd have a bit more joy than they would even as recently as last year. So I think there's yeah. a couple of sides to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've, the landscape is changing in Europe as well. And obviously PSG might be a bigger threat than some of the... Yeah, I mean, we saw the Bayern Munich match. You just wouldn't expect a score like that. But then PSG have done it in previous years and still yeah. faltered after that, haven't they? Lloyd, do you think we overplay how good the Premier League? You know, if we look back at uh, previous years and the struggles, and obviously City got to a semi, but uh, then kind of didn't really put much effort in. Or oh, that game was a shock. That semi final, yeah. Well, the second one at least. I didn't mind the first like a nil nil because. Uh, but yeah, do you think we overplay how good they are? I, I just the reason I ask is. How good our league is! We know it's exciting and it's the most popular in the world, but we sometimes get shocked. I mean, people. I think there's many fans. I think that thought we could turn up against Shakhtar and just turn them over, and people were surprised. Wow, they're pretty good. These uh, <laughs> top seeds, aren't they? Seeds, yeah. do, do we? Uh, do you think there is that that feeling that uh, the Premier League's best and get rather a rude awakening when we actually play these sides? I think generally. Um, yeah, that's probably been true of the kind of last five years um, of kind of English teams and an English mentality of kind of rating the Premier League a bit too highly. But I think what what's become clear definitely this year, something that Sam alluded to, which is that I think the comparative kind of respective power of the Premier League is a little bit different in that I don't think the, the smaller teams are, are as strong at the moment um, and the middling teams as well kind of like your West Ham's, um, Southampton's, etc. And I think the power has shifted more towards kind of the stronger teams. And that, I actually think, is making it a little bit easier at the moment for the um, for the big teams. I mean, we've seen yeah. lots, of, lots of big results where, I mean, obviously City, but United as well have absolutely destroyed, um, obviously, Chelsea against, against, against Stoke, where... It's becoming a little bit easier, and I think potentially a little bit less strenuous uh, week by week, game to game. So I think that will probably help because I think that's one of the many factors of why English teams have probably struggled a little bit um, in the Champions League. It's definitely not the only reason, but I think it's definitely been a factor. I think that's started to change a little bit, which will definitely help the Premier League teams, especially as it goes deeper without the winter break. Yeah. Well, we would discuss as well, kind of a side issue to that, uh, offshoot of that is the fixtures and I think how the leagues treat, you know, the teams in the Champions League. But we'll discuss that with Chelsea because it's very relevant over what Conte said this week. Uh, Sam, uh, if it's all right, I'll pick on you because it's been a few weeks since you've been on. Uh, just wondering how you think, your thoughts on how things have been developing for City on the pitch since we last spoke, which is probably quite a few weeks ago like around the Liverpool match or before. Yeah, um it's gone really well, hasn't it? I mean, yeah. I don't think anybody could say could say otherwise. Um really just just really good. Um the other night was a test. 
the other night was a, a test and it's not one they're going to face very often because Shakhtar came and had the ball. I don't think there's going to be many teams in the Premier League, if any, who are going to do that. Um, and they passed that. And it's one of those where people say, oh, well, they may not have had it faced anybody too good yet. And yeah, I do agree that Chelsea away is probably as difficult as it gets at this point. Um, but from what I've seen till, up until now, it's it's been a it's been a pleasure to watch, really. Yeah. Do, do you see... I mean, we've discussed it. It's strange, I think we've only conceded, well, maybe three goals this season. Do you see defensive frailties there looking kind of from the outside rather, you know, without bias? Do you actually see it as being a problem or do you just think, well, there's just such an attacking side with such power up front that it's just part of parcel of the formation? Um I, I don't I don't see it in term I don't I don't see City being exposed as a result of the formation and I don't see them looking particularly weak if they come under pressure. I mean, the the Liverpool game could have gone either way, uh, eleven against eleven. I, I stand by that. Hmm. Um, there was certainly some frailties there, but again, that was with the the three slash five at the back. Um, with since since he's changed it. I don't really, I don't see teams being able to get at City, and I, and I mean it all, it all feeds into the formation, not just because they're always attacking and because they've always got the ball, but you know he, he he gets the players to pass the ball in such a way that they're perfectly positioned when the opposition want to break, and I mean I must admit I always thought I don't know how this works. I mean I know I know that's what they do, but I don't know how it works. But then I think yeah. at, at Watford I saw. That the probably the best example of that because I tweeted after the game. Normally, when you know a team wins six 0 it's oh yeah, City were really good, but the other team were rubbish. But Watford just didn't have a chance to do anything. Whenever they tried to break, yeah. City were there and they stopped it. And it was either through the positioning, or um, like John Stones was really good individually when he was defending those big spaces, which Guardiola talks about, and he had Walker to back him up as well. And you just think, with that being the case. City do look strong um, and just, you know, positionally um, and in terms of the system and just in terms of the individual quality. And I suppose when we found out company was going to be injured and if they'd have said, look, he's going to miss five or six games, uh, well, City Twitter at least, maybe it's not reflecting yeah. the real world, which I need to remind myself. Um, but uh, it would have gone into meltdown, wouldn't it? It would have been, it would have been end of the season. Uh, just knock it on the head now. What's the point? But yeah. no, at no point in these last games has anybody mentioned how they could have done with company. And I think that just goes to show how, how well uh, the individual has been playing, but how well the system's working. Yeah. Are there any players that stood out for you in the last few weeks? That are... Well, a lot, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, honestly, honestly well, I mean, really been, stood out. Um, really stood out De Bruyne and Silva together. Yeah. Um, particularly that Feyenoord game. They just absolutely ran it, and I mean, they do just run games now. That that's what Guardiola has told them to do. They they're sitting back and taking control of it. Um, but that final game, they were imperious. Really, they they look really good. Um, obviously, how big? Go on. Sorry, go just on. Took out, how big do you think Sane is going to be as a player? Oh, well, he's, he's we, just so we've discussed him on a subscription. Yeah, but I think it's good to revisit him. Uh, after because he's had an eventful couple of weeks, hasn't he? You know, uh, and we've discussed on subscription shows, uh, so I think it's good to do it on the on the one for non-members today. Uh, you know, it's a bit up and down against Chapter, but you know, 
the potential is clear for all to see, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, you're going to have up and down games when you're young, but he, well, the kind of up and down games he's been having in the last few weeks, like Shakhtar, you know, he's still, I think he's still done more more good than bad and he's still yeah. capable of, he's still got the confidence really, you know, he doesn't get his head down. He still gets the ball and he and he can make things happen. Um, yeah, he looks, he's, he, he just makes things happen, doesn't he? He's so good. And I think, yeah. I suppose the best example of that was West Brom last week where he, he ran through and he was in on goal and he squared it and the move messed up. And then as he ran through again, I remember thinking in the build-up, I went, I, I, there's no way he's passing this. And you could just, yeah. maybe we're just bestowing it upon him, but he just seemed like he had this determination that he was going to do it himself. And obviously he just put it in the top corner. And you think it's almost like he he can just switch it on. And he just does look so dangerous. And again, you know, it cost a lot of money. And even before the transfer window blew up this summer, but it's one of those examples where City have identified a young talent and they've paid what they've had to do to uh, to get him. Like when they, well, reportedly bid 40-odd million for Mbappe two summers ago, yeah. the same summer as Sane. They'd obviously seen Sane as somebody like that and moved to get him. And and, and you can see why. Um, he, he just does look really dangerous. And when you play him and Sterling together, I think it's because Guardiola really does want to move through the gears. And I mean, you can, I don't think City will have too many problems um, having to pass the ball around in front of a deep defence when those two play. Because although the game was slow against Palace the other day, I think eventually you're going to see those two, they can they can just run through. They can pick their way through by themselves, really. And it just, again, it just gives City another option to have. And they've just got so many options. Yeah, I think we've got him in the nick of time really, because I, I wonder what it would have cost if he'd had a good season, if he'd stayed in Germany, had a good season. You know, looking at the figures this summer, uh, I do have a, a theory with no uh, evidence whatsoever that we kind of signed him before someone else did because obviously Bayern Munich and other teams were, were sniffing around him. And I think we signed him perhaps a summer before we planned to. Uh, but it's worked out quite well, really, because I say it would have been probably over fifty million in the current climate. So, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's probably stupid, stupid figures. More, yeah. yeah, stupid figures, but they could look still look like a bargain. Yeah. You know. uh, anyway, we'll move on from uh, from uh, Sam's look at the last few weeks. Uh, Lloyd, just ask you, looking at the last week, I was sitting uh, at the Palace, which was kind of frustrating for the first forty minutes. Uh, Someone sitting near me was going, Why has he changed his team? Why is he not? You know, it was going well, blah blah blah. It's like he's changed it, and now look at it, you know, we're struggling. But then, of course, we score five goals anyway. Do you looking back at the last week and the last couple of weeks, maybe you think we're coping well with the three games a week in the you know, in this current period? Uh, or do you think, or do you think there's going to be problems ahead if we keep swapping around? No, I think I think at the moment Guardiola is managing it really well. To be honest, I think last season he was guilty of making too many changes, um, especially in defence, and we didn't have that kind of continuity that you need. And has obviously benefited Stones and Otamendi this season. And okay, company has been injured, but uh, you know they've generally always played together. So Walker's pretty much played every game, and Aderson's not been rotated out apart from the League Cup game. So I think that has 
has definitely helped. But then, you know, in attacking areas, I think Guardiola is completely right to to rotate. And actually, that rotation, something we spoke about on the subscription shows this week, I think has been managed really well. That it's created a really kind of element of competitive tension between the attackers. And, you know, we've got a really nice balance now of yeah. when... Jesus isn't playing, you know, or, or whatever in midweek against West Brom, you know, start Sarni and Sterling realise they need to take their chance. Sarni takes his chance, did it off the bench against Liverpool. Um, you know, Sterling came on the other night against Shakhtar. He scored, okay, he missed an absolute sitter, but, you know, then he scored, wrapped the game up. So I think that has been a really good element of this season and Pep's kind of got it right with a couple of changes, three changes um, and keeping things together. My only concern is, uh, as we kind of get more injuries, and obviously this Mendy one, that continually managing the three games a week, we might have to rotate a little bit more because of the size of the squad. But for the moment, I think we're fine. Like we can, we don't need to rotate at, really at all for the Chelsea game. Maybe a couple again, um, and then we'll have the international breaks. So that should give us a bit of a buffer. Yeah, uh, Sam. What what do you th- think? Do you think City's got the deepest squad as well, or? The way I put it before the season go, was: Are they going of, to add, are they going to be an advantage as the season wears on? Do you think, uh, or has everyone got a deep squad nowadays? Yeah, I think every. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure United is particularly deep. Although I suppose they're getting Ibrahimovic back, but United, United seem to have numbers, haven't they? They've just got so many people in the squad. Not maybe not necessarily like the level of quality in terms of depth. Mm. But they've got like 25 senior players, haven't they? Yeah, they've got a lot. Um, I just, I just don't see how. I, I don't think they've got the kind of variety the city have got um, in attack, which I think will be important. But the thing, so I think everyone's pretty much covered. Um, I, I think City in certain areas have got a lot more. You know, in in attack they've got well seven if you include Tabrona and David Silva, and and five if not. You've got. So many different players capable of doing different things, and you can throw Gundogan into that mix as well. Um, and given you know, a lot of those games are going to be at home, and uh, well, even away, it doesn't make a difference. So, basically, as it is, it, it is as it was at the start of the season, uh, even without getting anyone in on deadline day or, or in the couple of weeks before that, they've got the best collection of talented players which is the way I was putting it, and not the best squad because as we could kind of see coming and as has actually happened, um, they're always short of a, a fullback and a centre-back and maybe um, at the back of midfield. And we all kind of said, well, if something happens to Mendy as the only left-back, there's going to be a problem. And if Company gets injured again, there's going to be a problem. And if something happens to Gundogan again, there's going to be a problem. And we basically had a full house in the space of a, m- a month. <laughs> Um, fortunately, Gundogan's okay. Um, still not sure on company. Seems a bit of a weird one that they announced that he was back in training to some fanfare at the start of last week, and then all of a sudden he's back out again. And then Mendy, recording this now, I'm sure we'll we'll know for sure by the time people people yeah. hear it on Friday. Um, but it's going to be a few months. It looks like. Um, yeah, I t- yeah. I think City were fearing six, which is why they've, they've. But they, but nobody in Manchester makes the decision because, like, why have a dog and bark yourself? Basically, they've got Ramon Kugat, so they, they, they do the tests and they, 
you know, they they're still good doctors. So I think I think they know what the damage is. I think they know it must be ligament damage. But they've sent him to the best for him to say it's definitely this, and he's definitely going to be out this long. Um, yeah. But I think in terms of the long, the 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 exact the exact time he's out, given we're dealing in months, um, it doesn't matter too much for the for the short term because yeah. the simple fact is they're going to be without him. Uh, which, and I'll, it would obviously be a lot better if they had another left back to come in. I mean, I'm not saying that. Um, and Mendy had a great start, particularly going forward. And it's it's a shame to have to go to Chelsea and not have City with all their weapons to see what they really can do. Although I still think they'll give a very good account of themselves. But the th- the thing with Mendy was, in terms of the Chelsea game, they. They may actually do okay with somebody yeah. a little bit more solid because defensive, yeah, yeah, more defensive I mean, option. Yeah, I know it was a different formation. I mean, we don't know what City are going to do on on Saturday, shape wise. But Liverpool exploited, you know, the gap between him and Otamendi a lot in that first twenty twenty five minutes. Um, and then you know the the jokes about him getting nutmegged on on Twitter, are, you know, entertaining and that. And certainly when he won five or six nil, but. Still, the the official account highlighting your own new left back getting nutmegged quite a lot, and <laughs> and, and and then the tackle itself, the tackle itself was. Nah, I mean, you could see it coming. You just think he, Townsend's going to stop and he's going to go. Don't jump in, and he did. Yeah. And he jumped in like with his wrong leg, and you just think, oh, it, I, I mean, that's the shame for him because he was so unavoidable. Yeah, and, you know, he's it's also be, a he's shame be a that big loss in the dressing room. Yeah, that our players seem to play on after getting these injuries. Uh, but I guess they're not yeah. immediately extremely painful. You know, I've never had one. So, can I just ask about, you know, all this Duncan Castles uh, and Mendy having a little mm-hmm. exchange on Twitter yesterday? Because obviously Mendy doesn't know himself just how bad it is. The the rumours swirling around about it could be cruciate. Are these just, are these just like the club? Obviously, you might not know. You know, the, inside the minds of City's physio team, but are this just the club fearing this without evidence? Just well, no. Like know. I say, I think what the situation is, um, and again, what I've heard is they fear it's it's six months. So I'm not sure where where Duncan's got the nine from, but obviously he's got a good record with City, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out. And I think I think Mendy's issue with it is I think he may be misunderstood. Um, yeah. And read it as he's out for six for for nine months or whatever. But but as far as what I know, um, yeah, the medical team are they've done their tests and they've done their diagnosis. And as I say, they they're very good doctors. So if if they're suspecting it's it's ligament damage and the kind of damage they're seeing, if they know that normally takes around six months to heal, then yeah. you'd think that would be a fairly fairly accurate diagnosis. But because they've got one of the best knee specialists in the world at their disposal. They've sent him over there to find out. Um, so I think, I, I mean, I don't know exactly where Duncan's got his story from, but again, like I say, he normally has good city info. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out straight away. And yeah, yeah. for my, for my point of view, they just, they just fear it's going to be a few months and they're, they're waiting to find out. But It's probably too early to ask, but have you heard anything about possible replacements, reinforcements in January? Well, I saw somebody position? do the, in fact, you might as well have a little bit of an exclusive here. Why not? Um, <laughs> That's well, what I was digging for. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I don't know anyone specific, but I, I spoke to somebody the other night just in passing, 
and he said, a left back, a centre back, and Alexis in January if they can, which doesn't take it on too much, and it's not. I mean, it sounds like a lot, and yeah, I thought, wow, okay, and maybe you are as well, but it's basically they want to finish the business they couldn't do yeah. in the summer, and they wanted to do that. They wanted to be so dramatic in the summer and do such an overhaul because they knew how important this season was. So it, it, it stands to reason, really, that they would want to do it again in January. But I suppose it was just nice to hear from me that because you can hear the day the transfer window closes that they're going to, you know, they told Alexis Sanchez's agents they, they're going to go back in. But, you know, life gets in the way, doesn't it? And, you, yeah. and you, you never quite know if those plans have changed. But then, yeah, as of, was it Tuesday night? That is apparently the plan. So I'm not sure who it is. I think Guardiola said they wanted to get in somebody like like a, a lower profile left back towards the end of the window, and in the end they right. they didn't. Um, so, and again, just because you don't normally sign the best players in the world in January, do you? Apart from Bernie, no. uh, Sam, you might have just to get on, somebody low, lower profile. Yes, mate. Yeah. Just on Sanchez, dead quickly. Have you heard anything to suggest that someone else is? kind of making a bit of headway that there's been a few stuff around PSG or has it just been very quiet? Um, to be honest, I haven't heard anything. But at the same time, I haven't really asked anything either. Obviously, during the summer, it was kind of every day or every other day just trying to find out the latest situation because it was just such a such a hot one, wasn't it? It was just ongoing the whole time. Um, but yeah. to be honest, I hadn't, I hadn't really thought about it. Um, uh, and again, it's it's one of those where... I hadn't thought about it or asked about it because it, you know, it's still two or three months out, and there's still a lot of things going to change. Um, so, from City's point of view, I hadn't kept on top of it because you just think you'll you'll just let it get down there later on. Um, but what, I mean, what I'd heard originally was, you know, City were going to offer to to pay the agent and pay Alexis even more handsomely than they'd already agreed to, I think, just in a bid to not make him sign a new contract with Arsenal, which would have given them another payday, even if it meant them go in the summer for more money and, you know, to kind of ward off the other clubs that would try and come back in over the next few months. So I haven't heard anything recently about other clubs, no, but City's initial plan, you know, in the final hours of the transfer window when they realised they weren't going to sell him was just to just to basically pay what they needed really to sure. and reach the kind of deals with who they needed to reach just to make yeah. sure that nobody else or nothing else could could stop them getting him. So I would presume that's the same. And, you know, they were willing to outspend Bayern and PSG and United and Chelsea and whoever in the summer anyway. And they obviously still want him. So I would imagine, and this is me speculating now, but I'd like to say as a bit of an educated guess, I would imagine that would be the same stance in January if if Arsenal make him available for sale. They'll just do what they can to get him. Well, that's it. I think if we're going to get him, it has to be in January, really, because obviously you can negoti- negotiate with European teams, yeah. yeah. But that has to affect Arsenal's stance, surely, because if if by January you said I'm not signing contract, then it's not really in Arsenal's interest for him to sign, let's say, a pre-contract in the summer with PSG. They might as well sell it to us for... 25 million and it's good for us because it the price will obviously have gone down by then uh, you know from the summer just gone uh, we can pass on a bit to the player so depends again I guess how stubborn Wenger wants you know about or selling to a direct rival but uh, it's kind of cutting off you know to spite your face a bit with Wenger if he still makes him run his contract down uh, I'd be surprised if he signed a new one anyway at Arsenal 
because he oh, still yeah, looks. Yeah, yeah. I think that's he still question, looks no. like. Yeah, he's still throwing his toys out the parrot. You just see his face. He's like, he doesn't look very happy to be. So, uh, anyway, we'll moved on. Uh, yeah, a question about our form then. It's not. If you look at the stats, we kind of start every season like we've started this one. I think at least a week ago, this was like our worst start. City's worst start in four years or something. So, it's not unnatural to start this well, but it feels different. Do you, Lloyd, let's go to, do you agree? I mean, we've asked this on the review show after Palace, but uh, I think it's good to revisit it for the Friday show. Is this, yeah, dif- no, I- is this different from this time last season? I mean, yeah, as, I mean, I've mentioned we won the first 10, or certainly won the first six league games, didn't we? Uh, but I've mentioned I don't think a lot of the performances were quite match the results does this feel different to you yeah it for me it definitely does um and i think a lot of kind of impartial observers that don't watch city every week and might have seen maybe two of our games like against liverpool and someone else that's kind of been the a bit of a lazy rhetoric to to roll out i think um but actually if you look at i think the thing is last year whilst we all got a little bit excited um when we reflected on it towards the end of the season, I think everyone was in agreement that whilst the start looked great on paper, actually in terms of performances, we weren't playing that well and the kind of Guardiola football wasn't really coming to the fore massively. And um, we, we, you know, we kind of beat Stoke 4-0 or 4-1 away, but it wasn't that fluid. And it was a little bit like a couple of United's wins at the beginning of the season where we just scored, you know, two or three late goals and it kind of changed change it a little bit um whereas this season i think we've you know that we've got pretty much four or five new players most of whom are in the team but it's a level of performance that has completely changed i mean like sam said the watford game for me is the one that stands out the most as as the most impressive because there was no way to kind of caveat that performance really watford have been playing really well i didn't even think they played that badly in the game and we just completely suffocated them every time they try to escape. And it's not just been Watford. We've, you know, comprehensively beaten four or five teams now um, whilst keeping, you know, generally clean sheets. I mean, we've only conceded three this season. I think we've kept five or six clean sheets now. I think that's gone a little bit under the radar um, in terms of the wider kind of picture. But yeah, I think for me, there's there's definitely a difference in in the kind of the level of performance um, and the results that's borne out as well because there've been a lot of you know four five six nils. Yeah, and we should mention that Watford went and won at Swansea, didn't they? After they played, you know, uh, last weekend, so their form is just maintained. Apart yeah, from Watford, that, Watford, Watford, apart from that game this year, so that yeah. that is a good result. Yeah, what uh, what do you think, Sam? Is it does it feel different to you? last season yeah a little bit um well a lot really uh, and and it's all it is difficult because we kind of fell into this trap last year about thinking well this is going to be easy yeah. and then you just you just wonder just you know once bit into our shine and all that you just you don't want to fall into it again but uh, yeah as lloyd says i remember last year and this wasn't a criticism either i remember i think it was the west ham game around september maybe it was the end of august i think it might have been the end of august actually um and I remember writing again. It wasn't a criticism, but it was. It was. This isn't exactly Guardiola football. It wasn't like some kind of revolution. It was just good Premier League football. Uh, it was just a solid performance. 
Um, yeah. And it, and it was kind of, you know, it was it was an indication that things were going in the right way, but they weren't there yet. But, you know, when City have played this season, even with the the not-so-sparkling performances at, at Brighton, you know, that was that was Guardiola football. The, the you know, the, the commitment to possession and, and having the ball yeah. and playing in the opposition half. But more recently, with the, the really good performances, I mean... That is, you know, that's football. I don't think any other coach around could could replicate. And I've, and again, as I mentioned, with you know, cutting off the counter attacks, um, the difference between the fullbacks was always going to be huge. But when I mentioned Walker covering for for Stones the odd time at, at Watford, Walker was just everywhere, and he has just been everywhere. Um, you know, he wasn't particularly good yeah. in the first half of the other night, and he made quite a bad mistake. But he ran back about eighty yards at full pelt and recovered it. And it's yeah. just such a huge difference, you know. So I think the players understand what what they need to do, but also he's just got much better players in who are capable of doing it. Um, particularly at fullback, Aderson looks really good, and it's I think maybe maybe we're all wrong again, but it looks <laughs> it looks to it, they seem to be at the stage now that we thought they were at a year ago. Um, yeah. There is there is still a there is still a, some things to improve. Um, and I think if they can win at Chelsea, that'll be a huge step towards it. Because if they can go to Chelsea and win, playing the way that Guardiola wants them to, I think they'll go pretty much anywhere and know they can do it. And, you know, Guardiola yeah. talks about the mentality a lot. <clears throat> and I think that um, winning, at, winning at Chelsea would would be a quick way to improve a hell of a lot because I think they'll take so much from it. Yeah, it's too early to ask, but I'm going to ask anyway. <laughs> do you think Edison looks like the real deal to you? Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's the the things he does with the ball. I mean, the base in terms of the basics. You know, he made some good saves against Shakhtar, and he cut out a couple of decent crosses. And he, he you know, he just held on. To, he was basically he was doing the stuff that you expect from a goalkeeper. There were no mistakes. He was solid. Um, but the distribution, the the throw to Sane, which led yeah. to a penalty. I mean, obviously, it takes somebody with Sane's incredible pace and skill to make it up. But I mean. Most keepers wouldn't have found him, and wouldn't have found him in you know if the ball bounced. Sane didn't have to control it; he could just run onto it. And then he, he did one for Aguero about five ten minutes later, where he he kicked it out of his hands, but it it can't it bounced a few times. Probably didn't get any more than three or four yards off the floor, and it found Aguero over on the right hand side, about ten fifteen yards into the Shakhtar half. Yeah, and it didn't lead to anything that time, but. They will, you know, these will lead to chances. And it's just, it's not just the Bravo distribution of getting the ball and being calm uh, and, you know, and and just opening up space, which which is difficult, you know. Not all goalkeepers can do that, but it's not just that. It's just incredible things with the ball that, with the technique that I've not even seen outfield players do. And it's just got this, obviously we knew we could kick it far, and he's got this mad power. You know, there was that inside city the other week before the Watford came. They showed a bit of training, yeah. and I oh, think the players were practicing yeah. volleys. And he just, he just, he, but he was just like kicking it out of the training pitch. I think for a laugh. <laughs> but it's like, how was he? Like, how was he so powerful? Because he's not like a massive guy. You know, he's he's a he's a big enough bloke, but he's not a massive guy. And he's not got like Roberto Carlos notoriously thick thighs. Yeah, and but then it's, but it's not just the power; it's the technique and it's the precision. It's I've never seen anything like it. I really haven't. And and again, I mean, I 
I kind of knew that I knew the basics about him and I'd seen a bit about him, a few videos and stuff when City were in for him. But I still thought paying paying that is a lot and there's going to be a lot of expectation on him. But again, talking about going and paying the money for Sane when you needed to, they've done exactly that with Ederson. And they were saying behind the scenes at the time that they did it because they thought it would be a bargain. And they're not wrong, are they? It, it, yeah. it just looks... No one's talking about the money, the money they've spent because he just looks really, really good in every aspect and just I, I really am won over by what he can do to launch counter-attacks it's, I've never seen anything like it hmm. well, his old clubs could certainly do with him back at the moment couldn't they so yeah, uh, yeah I, I, as I've said before I don't understand this bizarre fixation that goalkeepers shouldn't cost a lot of money because it's kind of the most specialist position in the whole team it's uh, strange and I think whilst Fees will never match that for attackers or even midfielders. I think they will. We will see a few more large goalkeeping transfer fees uh, in the next few years. You know, just the same as any other position. Uh, right. Well, let's move on anyway and preview the very, very big match this weekend, uh, which I'll miss because I'm at a wedding. <laughs> and I'm actually hope we don't score. Just as they say, <laughs> does anyone know any just reason? Uh, I might just <laughs> jump up and embarrass myself because uh, I think it's at the same time. Uh, we'll start with Conte, who obviously was very happy this week after their excellent performance in Europe, uh, but also complaining about the preparation time they've got for this game. Obviously, City have got an extra night and haven't had to travel. Uh, Lloyd, do you think he's right to complain about preparation time? I mean, should RFA be doing more, the Premier League, whoever, you know, We've got an international break coming up, so moving it to the Sunday wouldn't really have uh, hampered anyone, would it? Is it all right or is it just tough luck? That's what big teams have to put up with. I mean, to be honest, it is a bit of a shitter for Chelsea. Um, having to play a game of the intensity that they played you know, last night um, against Atletico Madrid, who are probably one of the most taxing teams to play against physically. Um, on Wednesday and then play Saturday is you know is 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 pretty shit for them. Um, and I think you know it'll be a it'll probably be a big factor um, on Saturday. You know, which is great for us. Yeah, I think the Premier League should do should do more. Um, the scheduling really is a bit of an issue, but a lot of that is down to the the away fan culture and that they don't want to change games. Um, you know, in short notice, um, even though they sometimes do. But I th- yeah, I still think they should do more. But ultimately, I think all the managers know the hand that they've been dealt with with this. And, um, you know, I think Pep said it a few times. It is really annoying, but they all know, you know, quite a few weeks in advance that it's going to be this way. And unfortunately, that's just the way it is. So they've just got to get around it. And, you know, they've got a big squad, so they need to try and use it. But yeah, I mean, if it was the other way around, I'd be pretty pissed off. So I understand completely where he's coming from. Yeah, I mean, I'd always say tough luck. You know, you've got enough advantages as a big team. But the problem for me is that other, in other countries, they are facilitating, you know, games are moved. So yeah, it's exactly. kind of putting the English sides at a disadvantage. What What do you think, Sam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's one of those that seems to affect, it affects every club, basically every game week. Uh, there's always one club who's got a slight advantage and then a slight disadvantage. Um, when did... Chelsea and City played at the same time on the weekend, so it's one of those where Chelsea had more time to prepare for the Atletico Madrid game than City did for their game. But yeah, 
they had less to prepare for this. And it, it just happens a lot. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's right to complain about it, but it'll be City next time. Um, you, you, it'll happen to United, it'll happen to Spurs. It just happens all the time. And, yeah, it's one of those things where teams kind of call for it every now and again. But, I mean, there's Friday, there is Friday night football in the Premier League now, so it 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 makes sense to to put games on a friday night or as you say move this one to the sunday but again it's i think you know the, the clubs individually agree these deals with the, the television companies and at the end of the day they they are implicit in when the games actually are so it's it's not just the television companies going you play this time um you know the clubs have agreed to to go by what they say i think so it's 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 another example of you know the money men saying yes, and then the football men. Oh God, I just said football men. But you know the, <laughs> the there's two different sides man. of it, isn't there? There's the football as a business, and there's football as football, and it doesn't yeah. always, it doesn't always get on as, as well as, as well as it should. And this is another example of that, really, because the money men say, yeah, yeah, fine, we'll take it, and then, yeah, the coaches say we can actually do with another twenty four hours if you don't mind. But yeah, it happens all the time. It happens to everyone, and Chelsea will benefit the next time, and and City yeah. will be at a disadvantage. Conte wouldn't have the team he's got if it wasn't for that TV money. So, you know. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, it's, it's and City's, City's last game, Shakhtar, is you know three days before the derby, isn't it? So, yeah. if the get yeah, if that group's still open, then and there's thing at stake. It, yeah, when the fixtures come out, they always oh, the newspapers always run, don't they? Who's got the hardest uh, fixture list after Champions League games? It's like. And then one of the managers will probably moan about how it's a conspiracy. But as you hinted at before, it's what about the games beforehand as well? Does it not work both ways? There's a game beforehand, so if you move one game, you've then got less preparation for the next game. So yeah. it kind of evens out. Obviously, with an international break, I don't know when everyone flies out. It's a bit different this time around, so maybe they could have done something. But it is what it is. They take the money, don't they? So they have to, you know, tough... I'm sure they'll be refreshed by Saturday late afternoon. So, uh, Lloyd, looking at the match itself, this could be one hell of a tactical battle. Have you got? Do you have any thoughts or ideas of how Pep's going to match up with Chelsea's three-five-two formation? Do you think he'll do the same, or is it four-three-three? Or can we not even name the formation because it changes so much during matches? Uh, well, it's it's. I mean, it's. It's literally nigh on impossible to try and guess what Pep's going to do. Um, I think what you, what we can say with some kind of confidence um, is I, I watched Chelsea last night and they kind of played a three-five-one-one. Um, like I said earlier, which is on paper so defensive, but when you have Hazard and Morata, um, it just works so well. I, I I think they'd probably they're I mean they're going to go pretty similar to that. They might play um, like a Willian or Pedro instead of um, Fabregas because they played the three in midfield. But I wouldn't be surprised if they went with a very similar team to the other night. As for City, um, I think Asan um, made a kind of good good point on the formations um, on the on the pod after the Shakhtar game, which was that because I was kind of thinking, oh, you know, we played four three three now for a while. He'd be loath to change it, but actually, in the Liverpool game and in generally big games we have played that back three um to try and match up and it would be it would as Asan put it it would seem strange to 
play that formation against Liverpool at home and then away at Chelsea not to play that to kind of because Guardiola has said that he, we, we play it for for defensive solidity but also for control um, it's just that with Mendy and company both out uh, unless company is somehow fit and they've been keeping him back for this game which is a possibility but seems unlikely it means having to probably play Delph left wing back and Danilo at centre back which you know, isn't really ideal up against Chelsea. But, you know, both both have started the season really well. Delph in particular was really good the other night. So I, I could see, I could definitely see three at the back, to be honest. And then it's just a really around which of the attacking players he leaves out. And like we said on the on the Shakhtar show, I don't know why, but I could see Bernardo Silva playing in this game, I think, yeah. for, his, for his ability to keep the ball um, kind of off. If you asked me initially, uh, I would have said probably Aguero with Sterling behind, but I could definitely see Bernardo Silva in there somewhere. Um, I'd, be, I'd be interested to hear what Sam thinks. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking, I was saying that maybe it was last weekend at the Palace that I wouldn't be surprised if Bernardo comes in. Yeah, just be, just for his ability to keep the ball. Um, you know, Sterling has had a good start to the season, uh, particularly in the last few games. But you just think, if if you do want somebody to be a bit more careful on the ball, then you know it's no slight on Sterling to say that Bernardo is better at keeping it, and you know he he can also you know he can he can do he can do more than that as well. You know he, he can he can beat a man and he's got great passing and and we haven't seen it for City yet, but he, he can he can score goals too. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him. And then maybe on the other side, you, you go with that pace and you you'd stick with Sane. And then maybe keep maybe keep Aguero given the given the strides. Do you think he's we'll made. play four then, Sam? I mean, obviously it's so difficult yeah, to say, but I, th- I think so because I, it is it is impossible. I I mean, it doesn't matter what I what I do, does it? Because I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know the best way to 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 combat Chelsea. Um, but if they if they go through it at the back, then if City play three very narrow forwards, like three number nines, then that's a good way of getting at their three at the back. Um, De Bruyne kind of pops up in the wide areas as well, and you've got the fullbacks, so you can kind of create the overloads over their fullbacks. Um, and you're just asking Fernandinho to do the kind of job that he did the other night against their attacking midfielders, and he did it pretty well. So I, I could see the the four at the back working still. And, and yeah, I mean, I'd probably... I'll probably go with Sane, Aguero, and Bernardo. I mean, no idea what Guardiola will do, but I, yeah. I, I can make an argument in my own head for, for those ones. So, yeah, why not? Interest, it's interesting that um, Jesus is like in the space of a couple of weeks has gone from like pretty much the automatic starter to him and Aguero changing places. Don't you think? Well, they they can play together. I think the first I think the first time he was left out, he was just you know it was just a case of him being rested, like. Perhaps Aguero was at, at Bournemouth, um, but with yeah. with so many people being chopped and changed, I think it's inevitable, and there there will be ups and downs. And again, I mean, is he is he even turned twenty yet, or is he still nineteen? Um, either way, it's inevitable yeah. that he is gonna, even if he has even having a quiet period, and I, and I don't think he is. You know, it's, if a period is one game or one and a half games, then maybe. Um, but I just think at the moment, if you've got five to choose from um, I just think Aguero's 
and he Aguero played quite well there last year, even though City didn't get forward much. When when they did get forward, he knitted it up quite well, and he's improved since then. So if it was between the two, on the form of the last couple of games, although Aguero didn't score in midweek, I'd go for the big man Aguero with yeah with the other two just for the reasons stated. So yeah, it's a little interesting about Jesus, but I'm sure after the international break, some some there could be some big scores coming up. There's Stoke and Burnley and. And wolves and teams like that at home, so um, he'll get his chance. Yeah, he's, he might uh, even get his chance on Saturday for all we know. He's twenty and a half, by the way. Well, okay. <laughs> to be precise, uh, yeah, it's, it's so bit. competitive up front that I think if anyone has one underwhelming game, there's suddenly, you know, it's fickle nature that at the bottom of the pecking order all of a sudden. But yeah, it all changes again in a week, doesn't it? Uh, do you think Lloyd Chelsea? I mean, the Chelsea have already been making me look like a fool because it was. Parroting of all summer, oh, they'll find it harder this year. With that, yeah, more than one game a, a week. Uh, now they're in Europe, it won't be as easy as last season, but they're doing pretty well, aren't they? Do you think they're stronger than last season, or is it as you were? I think at the moment it's. A, I think it's quite hard to say with Chelsea whether they're stronger than last season, purely because Hazard is their most important player, probably what De Bruyne is to us. Um, and he's obviously not really played very much, um, but played last night. And I think it's testament to how important he is to them that he pretty much single-handedly transformed what should be a very defensive kind of formation into looking incredibly dangerous. Um, he looked so, so sharp last night. Um, I think I've said this on um, one of the League Matters podcasts. I Murata is fantastic and... Um, such a good player and has facets to his game that Costa doesn't. I mean, notably pace and the, the run he made against Stoke and he made a very similar one last night against Atletico as well. Yeah. That ability to kind of get in behind, I don't really think Costa had that. However, I do think that they will miss kind of Costa's just raw, um, just energy and kind of bullishness. I think uh, uh, the best example of that was in the City game last season where you know, they we had absolutely battered them and he came out second half and that kind of 15, 20 minute period, he just completely bullied Otamendi and Stones um, and got them a goal out of nothing. So I think in certain games they might miss that in that I think Morata needs proper service a little bit more than say Costa does. I think Costa could maybe create things for himself a little bit more. Um, but I think Chelsea look incredibly strong. I mean, I it's looking like it might be a bit of a three horse race. I, I still think Tottenham are in with a shout to be honest potentially with especially if Kane keeps up but yeah I think the thing that you said with Europe will definitely be a factor I think squads every year managing playing in Europe I think it becomes something that you just get better at doing and I think them not having that last season I think it might shock them a little bit once we get further into the season but I mean the squad's still very good and yeah they look they look really good. Yeah, I looked online, you know, Bucky's odds last about a week ago and was City were favourites after last weekend's results, United just behind. And Chelsea were eleven to two, which is does seem weird for me as if everyone's, you know, dis- discarding them this season. What do you think, Sam? Are they are we underestimating how strong they'll be this season or Yeah, I think those odds will change. Will change again now. Um Yeah, that, I'm sure they that, already that, have, that, yeah. Yeah, that Burnley game. The first one kind of made everyone think, oh, they have a bit of a wobble, but they look really good again, don't they? They look, they were more of like a machine at, 
uh, a bit of a beast last year, but this year they they seem to have they still have that, but a bit of a, a silky edge as well. It's quite it's quite good watching Morata play, and the amount of crosses has pretty quite put in. That's um, that that's really another side to the to their game, and yeah, you talk about Costa not quite being there and having that kind of those battling qualities, but Morata's still going to get on the end of the headers, and I think he adds a bit more to their game mobility-wise, and it'll be interesting to see how he links up with um, with Hazard now he's back. And I think another thing is Bakayoko's coming into the team now, and he, he didn't, you know, he hasn't gone straight into the team since signing for Monaco in the summer, but him and Kante, they looked really good last night, and they helped Chelsea. You know, Chelsea were behind for a long time, but they were bossing the game at Atletico, yeah. which, yeah, okay, Atletico do sit back, but they look good when they had the ball, and and having a, a midfield that has got that kind of energy and that determination to get on the ball and give it to people who want it, whether they you know they're in possession or kind of in transitions, it's going to be it's going to be a big test for City. Um, but yeah, Chelsea, maybe I maybe I was as well, and a lot of people thinking it was going to be between the Manchester clubs, but Chelsea are going to have a big say, aren't they? Yeah. So. Th- for the game on Saturday, where do you think are the key areas of the pitch do you think the game could be won or lost? Or anywhere? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I really do think anywhere because Chelsea have got threats from anywhere and especially if Hazard plays. And if he plays through the middle, he's going to pop up all over the place. City's forwards and midfielders, they're going to pop up all over the place. Um, there's a... I mean, you would say that Chelsea's defence on paper looks stronger than, than City's. And if City somehow go with the, the five at the back... Um, uh, Louise is out, isn't he, so... He is. Um, I suppose. Which used to be a bad thing. Or a good <laughs> yeah. Thing. But uh, yeah, he's been pretty, he's been pretty good, hasn't he, since he's Yeah, if, in fact, no, that is it. That is a good point. I, for, I forgot about that. He has, he has been pretty good. And they moved him into midfield last night, so they're going to move, miss a bit of that versatility. Uh, so maybe maybe we'll be in the, the both defences then, because like I say, if City play three centre-backs, then it's not always going to be... Um, it's not always going to be um, the, the strongest players. If Mangala comes in or Danilo plays at centre-back, and then, yeah, with, with David Luiz out, then... That'll most likely be it with the with the attacking talents on display. The the defenses will certainly be have to be up to it. Yeah, uh, Lord, we've already discussed part of this. You know about our city selection dilemmas. If you were in charge, what what would you? Who would you think should get the nod up front? And how would you deal with the left back issue? Oh, it's tricky, isn't it? Yeah, um, I, I apologise for. Oh, it's okay. That. Don't worry, Howard. <laughs> um, I think. I think if we're playing, if we're playing a back four for me, it's got to be Danilo. Um, yeah. You lose that kind of left-sidedness that Delph would offer, and obviously Mendy does offer. And you know, I do think that is a, it is. I think it's often underrated by people having guys with the, with the right kind of foot on the right side. It makes a big difference. It creates you know a lot more angles for you. Uh, but yeah, I think Danilo definitely. Um, and yeah, like I said, if we go if we go for a back four, then I'd like to see obviously the same midfield and then Aguero, Bernardo Silva, and probably Sane, to be honest. Or yeah. I could easily see it being uh, Jesus, um, given how much Guardiola likes him. It's really yeah, it's it's difficult to say. I think an interesting thing for me would be 
uh, as Ayrson on the weekend. What, like I think we're all in agreement that he's been, you know, he's been fantastic. The distribution is amazing, and when he's been asked to make, you know, saves, most of which, to be fair, have been pretty regulation saves. He's made them with ease. Whereas, you know, at the weekend, it's these kind of games that you need your big goalkeeper to to bail you out when, yeah. say, you know, we have a defensive fuck up, or you know, Chelsea just naturally given that they've got Morata and Hazard, two of the best players in the yeah. world, they're gonna they're gonna break through, and we're gonna need. And Ayrson basically to pull, pull us out of the mire on a couple of occasions. So I think this will be a really good acid, acid test of kind of what level he's at right now. Um, to me, he looks like, obviously it's massively early days, but he it, it looks like he can get to the Courtois, maybe the De Gea level, given some time. I, I honestly think he looks that good. But yeah, this weekend, I think he'll, he will be really important and it, it hopefully will be... Nice to have a goalkeeper that if Hazard goes through one on one or Willian like they did against Bravo, we're not instantly thinking instant goal whilst they're yeah. still thirty yards out. Yeah, fair point. Uh, I hate this one last question. Well, I'll ask for predictions in a bit. Just I, I do hate this question. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I mean, I hate this phrase. Is this a must-win game, Lloyd? Must no, or must not. not lose? No. I, to be honest, I think we can. We can probably lose and everything will be okay, to be honest. Chelsea are a really good side. Um, it's a way. There's no, there's no real shame in losing, to be honest. I mean, it, it, to me, a lot of it depends on the performance. If we go and have... What we need is we need to go there and I think probably... Yeah, it's difficult. We, we don't want to go and do what we did at Spurs last season where we just completely... Yeah completely flop and if we get beaten in that manner then yeah okay then it's really bad but we've started the season so well that say if we go and it's a little bit like the Liverpool game and but we come off worse instead of coming off better then I really don't think it's panic stations at all um it would be it would be really good to go and get a result and I think probably for the players they still although that I think that Liverpool result symbolically was big in that we beat a big team and we did it at home I think we still need that really big performance and against a big opponent um, under Guardiola in the Premier League, anyway. So, but yeah, it's not it's it's not a must not lose, but you know, a, a draw, for instance, or you know, a positive result, a positive result, or even a win. I mean, it would be great for the players, but yeah, it's definitely not a must not lose for me. Yeah, well, the three points behind, aren't they? So they'd be level if they won, and that's that. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, I think I think it would be absolutely huge if they win, like I say earlier, for the mentality. I think they would gain an awful lot from that. But on the flip side, if they were to lose, I don't think it's going to be the end of the world. I don't think it would shatter their mentality completely. Um, obviously, you don't like to lose before an international break, particularly, but it would help them clear their minds a bit. And But the main thing is they've had a few of those blows, well, a lot of those blows last year. And Guardiola, you know, he still managed to to keep to keep them up and keep persuading them to this is the way to do it and you would imagine that if City were to to keep struggling in big games or keep dominating them and losing then eventually it would take its toll but I don't think losing to Chelsea at the weekend if that were to be the case um, I don't think that's by any means guaranteed um, I don't I don't think it would you know have a, a fatal blow obviously not obviously not in terms of the table but not in terms of mentality either but like I say if they win I think it would be huge and I think I think you can have it both ways. I think that's fair, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why not? All right, well, stick your neck out. 
What was it? Prediction. Scoreline uh, prediction. I'm, g- I'm going to say City to win. I think they can do it. Um, score, I've no idea. I've no Ooh. idea. 2-1. Um, 2-1. Oh, no. I'll tell you what. Let's go 3-1 and have a reverse of the December game. Yeah, I think I'd settle for that. <laughs> what about you, Lloyd? Banish them demons. Yeah. Oh, um, I think... Uh, it's. I think for us, despite everything that I've said, I think it is a big opportunity given that they've just played Atletico um, away and they won't have travelled back till late last night. We have got an advantage there. Um, to be honest, I think probably draw. Um, I think the left-back thing will probably, for me, I think will probably get exposed in, in a game like this, potentially, depending on who plays. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Morata and Hazard kind of pulling out to that side. So yeah, yeah, I could see, I can, I can see a draw. I mean, like Sam said, a win would be, I mean, a win would be huge. I think it would also make everyone kind of stand up and take notice that has been dismissing City a little bit and kind of saying, oh, you know, they haven't been tested. The defense is still shaky. I think that it would really be a massive statement. But I think probably draw. Yeah, I'd, I'd take that right now. So one all, I think. Yeah, and I think they'd take it. Yeah, if they're drawing with about 15 minutes to go, I don't think City would be overly uh, offensive in the match, to be honest. I think they'd settle for that. So, uh, Right, well, I think we've covered everything. So thank you very much uh, for coming on the show, Lloyd and Sam. Thanks Quite very much. Great. Yeah, and I hope you... Well, yeah, I hope you both have a good... <laughs> I was going to say something anti-United then, Sam, but I think, they'd score, I think they've got Crystal Palace. Uh, they'll score at least five this uh Yeah, my this biggest week. dilemma. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, I want to get Morata and Azpilicueta into my fantasy football team, and their <laughs> prices are going up all the time, but there's no point doing it when they're playing City and United are playing Palace, so I'll stick with Lukaku yeah. for now. That's my primary as- United-related concern for now. As per usual. Yeah, I'm drafting Lukaku in as well. I've not looked at my team in five weeks, as per <laughs> usual. So. Probably a uh, position 1.8 million. So, yeah, well, have a great weekend, both of you. Uh, if you liked what you heard and haven't subscribed yet, then please do and tell your friends to. We've got loads of shows coming next week. Uh, obviously, a review of the big batch at Chelsea and a lot more. So, until then, goodbye. <laughs>